Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime. Perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1577. Sleep by Becca Shern of minimalwellness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, happy Sunday, and welcome back to the show where I act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online. Now, I'm gonna spare you from a nice long intro, so I'm gonna get right to today's article and start optimizing your life. Sleep by Becca Shern of minimalwellness.com. The three cornerstones of optimal health are diet, physical activity, and sleep. Yes, sleep. Although Americans are very good at minimizing the importance of sleep, it is critical to vitality. Because we pretend we're superhuman, needing far less rest than we actually do, and we try to minimize non-productive time, sleep, a time when we are resting and not producing something of tangible value, is dramatically undervalued. But viewing sleep as a time of unnecessary rest and of non-productivity is faulty logic. Sleep is important physical rest, but it's also very productive. Sleep is a time of mental and physical assimilation. The brain processes information taken in during the day, hormones and neurotransmitters are regulated, muscles are repaired, the immune system recharges, and the gastrointestinal system rests. This is a very personal topic for me. Even as a kid, sleep never came easily. I needed complete darkness and white noise and sharing a bed with a sibling or friend was out of the question. In adulthood, these trends continued, and with the added stress of an incompatible marriage, a toxic work environment, and graduate school, my sleep problems worsened. Even though I took some recommended steps to mitigate my sleep issues, I still struggled. In my late 20s and early 30s, I took over-the-counter sleep aids every night to try and get five to six hours of fragmented sleep. Then, an epically colicky infant was added to the mix. Sleep deprivation caused by stress was slowly, stealthily destroying my health. Many of us are very good at downplaying or ignoring completely the difficult and overemphasizing the good parts of our lives. 
In many ways, focusing on the positive is a very healthy thing to do, especially for mental health. Having a positive mental attitude is incredibly valuable, but not if it means ignoring things in our lives that need to be corrected. Enormous sources of stress, like unrealistic workloads, debt, overcommitment, bad relationships, aren't problems that will correct themselves, and their emotional weight increases exhaustion and worsens sleep. When we're sleep-deprived, it's more difficult to make any type of decision or exercise willpower. We're depleted, irritable, and less effective than we should be. Consequently, we struggle at work, we struggle at home, and we struggle with diet and lifestyle. People who are exhausted often turn to stimulants like caffeine and turn to depressants like alcohol or sleep aids to cope. Unfortunately, reliance on stimulants and depressants make the situation worse. It's a pernicious cycle that easily turns into a long-term problem. Not only does sleep deprivation leave you functioning at a fraction of your capacity, just a few nights of poor sleep negatively impacts regulation of several hormones involved in the stress response, weight management, and appetite control, including cortisol, ghrelin, leptin, and thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH. Insulin sensitivity is also impaired, Chronic suboptimal sleep is linked to many disease states, including diabetes, heart disease, cancer, obesity, depression, and anxiety. Our national sleep disorder is a problem with tremendous social, medical, and personal costs, and we shouldn't ignore or accept it as part of modern life. In the new book, The Sleep Revolution, Ariana Huffington calls for a cultural shift regarding sleep and its place in society. She reports that 40% of Americans are sleep deprived, and two thirds of U.S. adults don't get sufficient sleep during the work week. I was once one of the 40%, but over the past year, I've worked diligently to correct my sleep issues. I'm still a finicky sleeper, but I now routinely get adequate sleep, and the impact on my overall health has been tremendous. I'm about to outline the steps I took to address my sleep challenges, and I hope you find some of them helpful. Step number one, reduce stress. At the beginning, I listed several significant sources of stress in my life. When possible, I corrected them, like my relationships or my work life, and learned coping skills for others, like parenting. Tip number two, prioritize exercise. Although I've never been inactive, for several years, I was not as active as I needed to be. When I laid down to go to sleep, my body was simply not physically tired. I've realized that I need to be physically active every day in order to sleep well. My general routine is running or biking and weight training four days a week, taking a daily walk or bike commuting around town, and daily stretching for 10 to 15 minutes. Occasionally, I'll have a day where 10 to 15 minutes of movement is all I can manage, but I still make that time a priority. Tip number three, screen time curfew. I stop using any device with a screen at least 30 minutes prior to bed, and my bedroom is essentially screen-free. I do have my phone set on airplane mode across the room from my bed for clock and alarm purposes. I love a saying my partner has. Our beds are for two things. Neither include late night reruns or texting or social media or email. Tip number four, reduce blue light. Although I try to be off my computer by the time the sun sets, occasionally, and especially during the winter months, I work on my laptop in the evening. Screens emit substantial amounts of blue light a particularly stimulating light wavelength that suppresses melatonin production and throws off our circadian rhythm. To help reduce blue light exposure, I installed an app called Flux on my computer 
that automatically dials back the blue light emitted based on the time of day and my bedtime. Because artificial lighting also emits blue light, I keep indoor lighting dim in the evening. Tip number five, turn off Wi-Fi. This is a relatively new addition to my sleep-promoting environment. I have yet to find the reliable research to support this, but some people in the natural health and functional medicine communities believe that the radio frequencies emitted by smartphones and Wi-Fi can interrupt sleep in sensitive people. Since it is so easy to turn off Wi-Fi at night and to set my phone on airplane mode, I decided to give it a try. Anecdotally, it has made a big difference for me, especially for sleep onset. Tip number six, supplements. There may be some supplements that may help you go to sleep or stay asleep. Speak to your doctor about the ones that he or she might recommend for you. Try them out and see if they help. Tip number seven, darkness. My bedroom has blackout curtains covering the windows and only one source of other light, the faint red glow from the clock on my phone, which I keep on the other side of the room from my bed. Because the blackout curtains don't keep all light out of the room, I also wear a sleep mask. Tip number eight, quiet. I use earplugs to minimize distracting noises that may occur while I'm asleep. If needed, I'll also turn on a fan for white noise. Tip number nine, routine. Just like preparing a young child for bed, adults benefit from a pre-bed routine. A routine helps signal to your mind and body that the time to sleep is approaching. My bedtime routine includes putting my devices to sleep, taking my natural supplements, washing my face, flossing, brushing my teeth, and usually reading a physical book or magazine in bed. Tip number 10. The hormone oxytocin and the endorphins released during have calming, relaxing, and sedating effects. You just listened to the post titled Sleep by Becca Shearn of minimalwellness.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster, and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Just my thoughts on some of the tips mentioned. When it comes to reducing stress, I know that's easier said than done. Think of stress like this. Imagine you have an empty backpack that you're carrying right now, and then every little stressor that comes into your life gets put in that backpack that you're wearing. Some stressors aren't that heavy, they're kind of light, they're no big deal, but they still go in the bag. Others are maybe much more intense, and so they're heavier. They'll still go in the backpack. A minor stressor might be something like you're five minutes late to work. A bigger one might be the debt that you still have that you simply can't pay off. 
That all goes in the backpack. What we're learning about stress is it's additive, meaning, just like this backpack metaphor, the more stress you have, the more that goes into the bag. And if you imagine trying to carry that bag for an hour, a day, weeks, months, years, all of your life, it's gonna have a physical toll on your body. Well, that's what stress does. If you don't release stress, it takes a physical toll on your body because you're carrying all of that baggage. You're carrying all of that weight. You've got to get those things out of the backpack. There are many ways to cope with stress, of course. There's deep breaths, there's yoga, there's getting a massage, there's sleep, of course. But you have to find the method that best suits you. And ideally, it shouldn't be just a temporary fix so that you end up removing that stressor from your backpack, but then putting it right back in there. We have to find a way to remove it from our backpack and then kick it aside, and then we don't think about it anymore. That's really what coping with stress is all about. And one of the best ways to cope with stress is take that stressor, really think about it and say, what can I control about this situation? If it's nothing, then you have to let it go. If you have no control over it, you've got to find a way to let it go. If you have control or even a little bit of control, try and exert that control. Find a way to take control of that situation and that will help relieve the stress. Okay, that'll do it for today. Thank you as always for listening and for being a subscriber of the show. And I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.